Welcome to the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. My name is Adam Eaton. Thanks for listening to us on the Locked On Podcast Network, which you can find wherever you listen to your high-quality podcast. Reminder, the Locked On Big Ten Podcast is your home for information on all the happenings with your favorite Big Ten team, news, notes, recaps, analysis, interviews. You'll find all that here. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Big Ten. Follow me on Twitter at Sports by Adam. On this, the Thursday edition of the show, we'll run through some news and headlines from the conference. Shea Patterson got eye gouge, maybe, and is that a big deal? We'll discuss. P.J. Fleck potentially on the coach of the year list. Should he win? Rutgers, a lot's being made of the betting line there. Is that fair, unfair? Let's uh, let's discuss that in a little bit as well. We've got coaches news, too. Uh, Jim Harbaugh wrote a letter. And Urban Meyer apparently maybe isn't retired. Stay tuned for that. And lastly, NBA season kicked off uh, here on uh, Tuesday, actually, but on Wednesday, a full slate of games. Where are your favorite Big Ten players playing now? We'll review in our, uh, our Thursday throwback. But let's start off the top with a little bit of news. And we'll start right here with Michigan Wolverines. All right, uh, this, this story broke yesterday, and I uh, wasn't sure quite what to make of it, but it's gotten a lot of traction nationally today. So let me just recap. Shea Patterson um, was, uh, was asked about uh, the Penn State game and, uh, and, and unearthed or shared, or he was kind of questioned about um, an eye-gouging incident. Uh, so he referenced being at the bottom of a pile and some Penn State players uh, getting at his eyes a little bit. And, uh, you know, he, he, would, he was trying to be very careful, I think, with his commentary and, and wasn't certainly trying to call anybody out. But you can tell it obviously bothered him, and, and he referenced a few times in the conversation that that's the, that's the thing that he's never seen before is an eye-gouging attempt. And then, look, I'm here to tell you people, what goes on at the bottom of a fumble pile is not for public consumption. The Probably the, one of the, the, the worst places on earth to be is the bottom of a fumble pile. I think any football player will tell you that. And uh, it's it's generally you know all uh, all rules are are off you know no holds barred but that doesn't mean there doesn't need to be some civility you know I saw a bunch of back and forth on Twitter you know Penn State fans were kind of coming back at Michigan fans and saying hey you guys aren't Saints either Michigan fans were kind of chiding Penn State fans the rea- <clears throat> the reality on this one is you know is that something that we should have happen absolutely not you know I think certainly anything that can cause seriously uh, serious bodily uh, harm or injury. Yeah, there, there's no place for that in the game, and I think we all can understand that. But I think we also understand that there's competitors out there, and people try to do different things to take an advantage. Do I think this is a big deal? Potentially. You know, do I think this is one of those deals where, you know, the Big Ten sends out a memo to all schools about sportsmanship and things like that? Yeah, probably. And we saw this earlier this year. There's a linebacker from Kentucky who was alleged to have um, attempted to twist the ankle of a of a player and. Um, you know, that got some national attention. Anytime there's going to be conversation about intentional acts of harm, I think there's certainly, uh, you know, certainly no no place for that. But, uh, you know, I, again, I, I assume that, that Shea Patterson, um, you know, is, is going to be okay. I hope he's going to be okay. And if that's the case, um, you know, good. Uh, if he's not, I guess that would elevate this to a more serious issue. But right now I'm going to chalk this one up to uh, just much ado about nothing, uh, probably a little bit of bad sportsmanship. Hopefully James Franklin addresses that and uh, – you know, if, if someone is indeed found to have done that, then they should face whatever penalty that is. So if there's a videotape or something that can show who uh, who potentially eye gouged Shea Patterson, uh, I guess produce it. And uh, at that point, then that person should deal with the consequences. But uh, I feel like it's kind of a nine story every week. Somebody's getting hurt some way, some 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 form, some fashion. 
Um, and so on this one, um, unless there's, there's video evidence and we know who did it, punish that person. If not, let's move on. Rutgers Scarlet Knights. All right, the uh, the continual dunking on Rutgers has continued. And so a lot of the national media, as they're starting their, their prep for games this week, has recognized that Rutgers is hosting Liberty. If you're not familiar with Liberty, their head coach is Hugh Freeze. He of the uh, the former Old Miss days. He had a couple of missteps there and got himself bounced out. I think he had a show-cost penalty for a period of time. And he's now the head coach at Liberty. Uh, he, you may remember him earlier this year. He had, uh, he had some back surgery and coached a game from a hospital bed in a press box and later from a dental chair. But, you know, those uh, grabbing headlines aside, Liberty's 5-2, and two, uh, and they're having a relatively good season. Obviously, Hugh Freeze is, was known as a fairly innovative offensive coach at his time at Ole Miss, and so it's no surprise their team's doing well. But they're going to play Rutgers, who obviously Rutgers is a Big Ten school, a Power 5 school, and Liberty is not. But Liberty is a 7.5-point favorite on the road, and uh, and the national media is just dunking all over Rutgers for being a a, a home dog to a, to a school like Liberty. And it's, it's just kind of sad because, look, I think we all get where Rutgers football is at right now. Um, it certainly has hit, uh, hit rock bottom to some extent. Um, and, and I know that the, the school and the fans and the alumni are passionate about their program and, and they're going to they're gonna work to turn it around. It's going to take some time. But it certainly is an interesting look to, to see them that far, uh, that far behind. And uh, who knows what will happen at the game, obviously. Um, but at this point, it's, it's almost, you know, continually throwing salt in the wound of Rutgers. I think there's... There's certainly a time and place for that kind of stuff, but you know, it just feels kind of unwarranted at this point. You know, yes, it's an anomaly in college sports. Yes, Rutgers needs to get better quickly. Yes, they have not been good throughout the year, but I don't know. It just seems kind of like a cheap shot to to get after Rutgers now and uh, reference their schedule and reference um, sort of their their line here. Uh, there's still a lot of rumors about their coach. I think everyone's still kind of up in the air about what to do next. Joe Moorhead's name continues to be floated around, and in fact, he came out and his players came out. On, uh, on Wednesday, and essentially say, hey, coach isn't going anywhere. Greg Schiano still is a name to watch there as well. There's a lot of support, I think, from fans. Um, but it's a different time at Rutgers. But e- either one of those two gentlemen, I think, would be a, a good step. And uh, and here's hoping that Rutgers gets it figured out sooner or later. You know, it certainly doesn't uh, doesn't bode well when you're on the bottom of the pile getting uh, getting laughed at, no pun intended. And, uh, and hopefully uh, it won't be too long before that's turned around. Minnesota Golden Gophers. Uh, we talked to Ryan Burns yesterday. I thought he gave a really good breakdown of Minnesota's season year-to-date, 7-0. and And because of that, today, P.J. Fleck was named to the Bear Bryant coaches watch list, uh, which is not the first time that P.J. Fleck was on a coach's uh, honor list, I suppose. In his last year at Western Michigan, he was on uh, the Eddie Robinson Coach of the Year honor list. Uh, and well-deserved at 7-0, and he uh, he certainly has turned around uh, the fortunes of Gopher football pretty you know pretty quickly this year. Um, again, I think Ryan talked about you know going into it. There was some expectations, but I think seven and zero, despite you know despite Ryan having that confidence, I don't think that's where everyone was nationally. Nationally, so uh, good to see uh, PJ get on that list. I know he's he's kind of maligned. I definitely want to have more PJ Fleck talk throughout the year because I know his road the boat mentality gets people a little bit uh, irked and and uh, he can come across a little bit too much. But uh, uh, good to see him uh, mentioned as a potential coach of the year candidate. Um, you know, obviously that award won't come out for, for a long while. So I think you've got time, um, you know, you've got time to, to figure that piece out. Um, but you know, I, I, I think it just speaks to, you know, what's, um, you know, what he's accomplished there this year and, uh, with low expectations, you know, probably going into it, um, and sort of where, you know, where, where that's at. Um, you know, I think it's, it certainly is relevant. Um, and it's, it's a well-deserved honor. Again, there's a lot of other coaches that will be up for this award. You know, a bunch of guys from the SEC, as always, will be on this list. 
um, or, or are on this list, I should say. Um, so it's uh, it's certainly going to be a, a tough road ahead. But, um, you know, I definitely think that uh, PJ has, a, has an outside shot. And, again, they control their own destiny. If they're able to win uh, and win out here, um, it certainly could, uh, you know, could – could bode well, um, you know, for what that might look like. So, um, so more to come on that, I suppose. But uh, congratulations to uh, to PJ for making his name on the list. Again, he'll have to beat out a lot of good coaches to get there. So, um, we'll see what uh, what ultimately happens here at the uh, at the end of the year. Speaking of coaches, just a lot of craziness going on with coach talk right now. Michigan and Ohio State, a lot of things happening. In a second, let's get to the the Jim Harbaugh letter um, that he uh, he sent out or faxed out or mailed out. I'm not quite sure the delivery method. But uh, the Jim Harbaugh letter and what's going on with Urban Meyer. Let's talk about that in just a second. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so a uh, an uncredited report, I guess a credited report, but maybe not a credible report, um, surfaced on the internet from a site. I won't I won't list the site just because I don't know if I believe its veracity. But essentially, if I'm paraphrasing, the report said that Jim Harbaugh was planning his exit strategy for Michigan and a, a path towards the NFL, and that representatives or handlers or whatever you want to call them, that those folks were uh, sort of working back channels to get Jim to one of those places. Obviously, I think you hear these rumors a ton with Harbaugh for whatever reason, and uh, and so he felt the the need to address them, and so he sent a letter out uh, in response to that, and uh, in in I'll paraphrase a little bit, but it's 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 um, addressed to the parents of you know I assume his current players or perhaps his future players, um, and basically says I'm reaching out to let you know that recent claims that I'm pursuing an exit strategy are total crap. It's an annual strategy driven by our enemies to cause disruption to our program and to negatively recruit. By the way, I don't even have an agent or representative. I'm committed to your sons, their education, and to the development as players. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions. Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I found this interesting. Obviously, again, these Harbaugh rumors come up pretty regularly. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, any time you have a success at the NFL level and, and there are going to be any number of NFL jobs opening, uh, as we see every year, you know, Harbaugh's name continues to always be bandied about there. Obviously, his time at Michigan has been a, a, a tad up and down. Uh, you know, while he's had success from a record standpoint, um, I don't think they achieved the heights they thought they could achieve, and they certainly have uh, struggled against their main rivals. But it is interesting when you see reports like this come out, and uh, this was an interesting tactic to take by Harbaugh to really address this uh, head-on and address it to the parents because let's play this out for a second. If he does leave for an NFL job, you know, what does that really mean? What did he really say in this letter? He basically just said that he's not playing an exit strategy. Um, that doesn't mean that there won't come an exit strategy at some point. It just means at this point he's not pursuing one. Um, so he, I think he did leave himself a little wiggle room there. Um, and it kind of puts the onus on Michigan to an extent, right? Cause now Harbaugh's like, Hey, I'm all in. Um, and if for some reason he's not, uh, he's not retained or he doesn't come back and he could point to and essentially say, Hey, I was all in. You guys saw what I said. I wasn't pursuing anything. Um, and, and maybe, you know, skirt some of the culpability from that perspective, but, you know, the letter's interesting, and you're going to continue to see these things, I think, as coaches. Um, 
you know, continue to have success. And particularly if coaches are, are able to translate that success to the NFL level, um, I think the Cliff Kingsbury uh, experiment right now is going to be very interesting and in, in how the Cardinals fare, um, particularly as you think about some of the new offense and, and some of the some of the quarterbacks that are in there. Uh, Harbaugh is a little bit different offensively, as you all know, but, you know, Lincoln Riley's name is bandied about, you know, some some folks potentially, I'm sure in a few years, will start talking about Ryan Day. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But uh, interesting tactic by Harbaugh, you know, dr- addressing the parents directly. Um, so while he's essentially putting out the flames right now, I do think it's a story that bears monitoring, and, uh, and we'll do that here. You can also, by the way, listen to Locked On Wolverines. Um, because there's, there's a great uh, podcast that'll, uh, that'll, that's already out now, I believe. Um, if not, it'll be coming out soon. Uh, and there's a lot more detail um, from the Wolverine perspective on the story. So, uh, so check out Locked On Wolverines. You can find them on Twitter or wherever you get your high-quality podcasts. The other coach that made a little bit of news, some news, he's in the news, is Urban Meyer. So Urban Meyer obviously has, has retired, and I have air quotes, but you can't see them. He's now working the uh, the pregame for Fox Sports and doing a nice job, actually. I wasn't sure what to get, what we'd get from Urban, the uh, you know the commentator, but he's done a nice job so far. But So the, he essentially had a, a statement recently about the Dallas Cowboys job, and you know while he didn't essentially say, hey, I want the Dallas Cowboys job, you know I, I felt like he was pretty uh, effusive in his praise and you know, definitely shared how, uh, how how he felt about that as a job. And, and, you know, I think you could draw the parallels that maybe he'd be interested. And that, of course, got people talking, well, you know, Urban wants to get back into coaching. And so his name came up at, at Florida State of all places. I'm, you know, I, I guess the connection to his Florida days. The, uh, the Florida State AD uh, had a really interesting commentary, which is basically like, if our current coach, who is Willie Taggart, got hit by a bus, we would not call Urban Meyer, nor would we call Steve Spurrier. So probably playing a little bit to the... Uh, you know, to the rivalry lines there. But, you know, it's interesting how quickly Urban's name has resurfaced. Um, there's part of me that says, hey, if Urban didn't want to coach again, he shouldn't even bring that topic up. That shouldn't be something he opines about. Perhaps he wasn't planning on opening up that Pandora's box. Obviously, you hear his name bandied about again. Uh, in other places, USC is another hot commodity that you hear about. So another situation I think that bears monitoring, obviously Ryan Day is doing quite well at Ohio State, and I think they've moved on and um, and not to say that Urban, you know, wasn't uh, wasn't a good coach, but I think Ryan Day has definitely kept things uh, afloat there. And, and uh, if anything, has them p- a position to uh, to make a run of the playoff again this year. But it'll be interesting to see how uh, how things play out with Urban Meyer. So let's keep our let's keep our eyes peeled on that. But coming up, here's the here's the start of the NBA season, um, an exciting time of the year. A lot of your former favorites in the Big Ten are, are going to be making big contributions. Some of them are new places. Um, and, and, and some new faces. Uh, and so in a minute, let's go, uh, let's go through all the different players of, uh, of Big Ten uh, lore and where they're at now from an NBA standpoint. And that's coming up in our Throwback Thursday, which is just around the corner. All right, the NBA season kicked off on, well, I guess tipped off is probably the better way to say that. The NBA season tipped off on Tuesday and uh, is in full swing on Wednesday. And since you know, the Locked On Podcast Network was founded by David Locke, who has got, got deep NBA, NBA ties um, with the Utah Jazz. Our Throwback Thursday segment is going to look at the uh, the Big Ten alumni or the Big Ten former players who are now currently playing in the NBA. You know, you have some in new places uh, and, again, some new faces, uh, some you know and some, you know, maybe you're, you haven't caught up on in a while. But let's just run through a couple of the schools quickly and, and who's who's playing this year and who's expected to make some some contributions. Let's start. I think the two schools that have the most players in the NBA right now are Michigan and Michigan State. Michigan State, obviously, I think the, the biggest name you probably know there, Draymond Green. He re-signed a contract extension this summer, so he will be with the Warriors uh, for at least the next four seasons. Could be an interesting year for the Warriors. Obviously, they lost Durant. Uh, they lost Clay Thompson to injury for the season. 
And so let's, uh, you may get full Draymond Green this year. You may get the entire package. I think he probably took a backseat a little bit when, when Durant was there. Uh, but with Clay out, they need offense. D'Angelo Russell's come in, and he's new. Uh, but between uh, between Steph, between D'Angelo, and I think you'll see a heavy dose of Draymond this year. So it could be a big year for Draymond. Gary Harris Jr., uh, Denver Nuggets, uh, still a part of that that prolific backcourt. They had a really good run last year. I think there's a lot of folks that think they can continue that this year as well. Um, and they're one of those sleeper candidates. They have a a, a great center in, in Jokic who, uh, who can do a lot. He can pass. He can score. And Gary Harris, obviously, is a great defender, a great two-way player. So uh, you'll continue to see and, and you hear his name this year. Miles Bridges, uh, he of the uh, the second year now, he's with the Hornets, uh, up and down freshman year, if you will, from an NBA standpoint. Uh, let's see what he has in, uh, in store this year. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., the same. Uh, he's uh, he's a, a big piece of what the Grizzlies are doing. They have a lot of young talent there. They have John Morant now. Um, and so they've picked up some young players. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is expected to take a uh, hopefully a big step forward here in his second season in the league. Denzel Valentine. I almost said Denzel Washington. Denzel Valentine still with the Bulls. Uh, injury plague thus far. Um, the Bulls obviously are in a unique position. So let's see where, uh, where we get from that perspective. Let's go to Michigan for a second. Again, a lot of Michigan guys in the league. Uh, Trey Burke. Uh, he has bounced around a ton, um, and he this season he has found himself on the 76ers, which could be a good landing spot for him. Obviously, the Sixers are expected to uh, to contend a, a bunch. Ben Simmons is their starting point guard, uh, but I, I expect that you'll see uh, Trey Burke get some run off the bench. Tim Hardaway Jr. has, again, also bounced around. He finds himself with the Mavericks now. He was part of the Chris Tapps-Porzingis trade, um, and he's expected to get big minutes on a Mavericks team. That should be interesting with Porzingis, Luka Doncic. You know, how does Hardaway fit into that mix? Karis Levert signed an extension recently. He'll be with the Nets. Now new teammates of Kyrie Irving, and even though he's not playing this year, Kevin Durant, uh, that's another name that you're going to see a bunch out there. Duncan Robinson is actually getting some run with the Heat. Uh, he started a lot of the preseason games. He did not start the game this evening, uh, but uh, he, he will get some run with the Heat. Glenn Robinson III also with the Warriors. Mo Wagner has landed with the Wizards. Derek Walton Jr. is with the Clippers. Uh, so we'll see what we get out of those guys. DJ Wilson is also with the Bucks. The Bucks should have a, a chance to contend this year as well, and we'll see what kind of uh, you know what kind of run that, that he can put together. But some, some good talent from that perspective. Ohio State has a few guys still in the league. We talked about D'Angelo Russell, he of the Rus- uh, of the Warriors now, and we'll see what uh, what he brings. Uh, one of the bigger offseason moves we talked about the Utah Jazz. David Locke should be enjoying watching Mike Conley, who is now a member of the Jazz. Uh, he's moved on from Memphis. He should really st- you know stabilize that uh, that backcourt. Nothing against Ricky Rubio, uh, who who has departed from Utah, but uh, obviously a, a different kind of player. And Evan Turner is now with the Hawks. He's been a bit of a glue guy. He was uh, was with Portland the last couple of seasons. Um, he's certainly been a glue guy, and uh, he's played well throughout uh, throughout his time. So we'll see what he brings to uh, to that group as well. Going over to Illinois, Myers Leonard is uh, now with the Heat. Again, he was also with Portland. He came to the Heat in an offseason trade. He started tonight, uh, so we'll see what Myers has. The other surprise is Kendrick Nunn. He came from uh, Illinois as well, and uh, he found himself as a surprise starter for Miami this evening. Uh, there were some good rumblings about him in the preseason. He had a 40-point game in the final preseason game against the Rockets. And uh, he got the surprise start. Not sure if this is due to Jimmy Butler not playing tonight, but Kendrick Nunn could be one of those stories to uh, to watch out for. The Hoosiers have a handful of guys still in the league. Victor Oladipo, hopefully he's coming back off the uh, off the injury from last season. I think he's the cornerstone of what Indiana is going to do this year. If they're going to go anywhere, Oladipo is going to have to play a big role in that. Uh, you've got Eric Gordon. He's still with the Rockets. Again, the Western Conference wide open. Eric Gordon is a, a lethal sharpshooter and and so if the Rockets are going to get there, uh, they're retooled now, adding uh, adding Westbrook into the Harden mix. Uh, and so we'll uh, we'll see what we get from that perspective. Uh, Cody Zeller still with the Hornets. Noah Vonaleh has, has moved around a little bit, but he is now with the Timberwolves. And then real quick, uh, Kevin Herter and uh, uh, his uh, his shooting prowess. He's with the Atlanta Hawks, another young team. They have a lot of young talent there. 
Uh, I think a lot of people are really high on uh, on Kevin and what he can bring to the Hawks team. Uh, and so we'll, we'll see that they've got a, a lot of young picks. Uh, these guys will get a chance to grow together. Probably going to be a little too soon to expect much out of that squad this year, but that definitely will be a team that you want to keep an eye on um, in the future. So a quick look around the uh, the NBA and, and where former Big Ten players are. We'll, we'll do this sporadically. I'm a, I'm a big NBA fan, big basketball fan. That's usually actually my sport of, of trade, if you will. So we'll, we'll continue to, uh, uh, to, to update you on comings and goings in the NBA. Again, the season tips off, and a lot of Big Ten talent is out there. But to close the show, remember, stay locked in on Locked On Big Ten Podcast. Until next time, take care.